Please put hey. a thumb in the air. the Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. What a wonderful Canada Day for the uh, nation of Canada following an evening in which they fell down 2-0 in the Stanley Cup final. Of course, you know, Montreal's not really Canada. They're just France. Like, really, they're not Canada. But they they call themselves Canada. Yeah. (laughs) They call themselves the Canadiens, so I suppose they're at least somewhat Canadian. Uh, We have a jam-packed show for you. We're going to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, going to get into some Flyers stuff, all sorts of things. Stanley Cup Final! I'm sorry. Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, you're going to get roasted for that. Don't want to incur the (laughs) wrath of Twitter. Oof. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, so let's just get right into it, and uh, let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, happy Canada Day, Canadian fam. I know we have quite a lot of Canadian listeners, because I've met some of you, and I like all of you a lot. Yeah, but uh, the the Canadians uh, could do better. That Gustafson (laughs) turnover turnover last night was just like peak, peak, peak Eric Gustafson, and it like wounded my soul. I felt for them in that moment, but... You know, so I did not watch the game because I was at a Phillies game last night. Um, but my oh. understanding was that um, speaking of disaster, was that like they yeah well yeah. Um, but my understanding is that like the Habs played pretty well. Like they just had yeah. a couple screw ups, and then Vasilevsky kind of went full Vasilevsky. Yeah, they were fine. Like the, the Habs, like they outshot them. Like they they almost doubled them up. I think it, it was the Habs played about as well as they could. But as I'll get into. That doesn't really matter against Tampa. Like, nothing, I mean, nothing matters in the grand scheme of things, but True. when you play against Tampa, very little of what you do matters. Like, if, they, if they're going to win, they're, they're going to figure it out. Last but certainly not least, Steph Alicia's D, Steph Driver. So I wasn't here last week when you guys already talked about this as it was happening, but I really, really need to... To raise the point of Dave Haxtall. <laughs> I have some. I have got to give Steph her time. Uh, oh, we absolutely yeah, will. This. And you yeah. can you can one hundred percent comment on this now. But I do I do want to get into it later in the show again because like we were all I was clearly so thrown off by the announcement of this news that the the whole show ceased to like move in a forward progress so like we're, i want to get into it again but absolutely like cuz it was a good show like, to listen so perfect as a fan listening to you guys hear that actually happen from the from the beginning of the show to charlie saying i'm hearing a rumor that he's involved and everybody being like nah nah it's not going to happen and then it happens while you're recording oh god that was the ultimate fan experience and i was in my car listening with dad driver that's why i wasn't able to record last week because my dad was visiting um but i was 
I was listening back and I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. It was just the perfect show. And imagine, like, this has got to change Philly's, like, protection strategy, right? Because you know that Hackstall is going to be involved with selecting the players from the team that he just fucking coached. I think that this is hilarious. I just, oh, imagine Jake Voracek going to play for Dave Hackstall again. (laughs) I just, there's so much. Like, yeah, the protection strategy now is only protect the bad players and they're going to pass on Philly. Like, oh, you don't have any bad players for us to take? Well, hmm, I think we'll just pass. Actually, (laughs) There's a real chance, like a real chance, that Robert Haig won't be on this team anymore. They can't, like, I don't think they I don't think that Robert is going to let that happen. The chance is above 0%. That is accurate. That's that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Fuck it. Protect him. He's one of the glue guys, (laughs) one of the good locker room guys that you need on a new team. Like, I think we can can say without a doubt, it will not be Shane Goss to spare. It will not be (laughs) Shane Goss to spare. Yeah, probably not. Even though Ghost is the only reason. Ghost is the only reason for the man's success in the NHL whatsoever. But the the ghost thing the ghost thing is interesting because like I could still sort of I never got the sense that Ghost I think Ghost had a real problem with Gordon Murphy. It was the yeah. I don't I don't know if Ghost and Hack had major issues. I just know Ghost didn't like Murphy at all. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, it's possible. I just, it's so goddamn good. We're going to get into it a little more later. Uh, But a couple of weeks ago, maybe two, maybe three, I don't know, who's to say? Uh, I think Charlie made the point that if you're just sitting there watching these playoffs and thinking, uh, the only thing you're thinking about is how far away the Flyers are instead of just enjoying it, you're just miserable. Like, get over it, you know, put the Flyers out of your mind for a little while. But I got to say, like, while watching Tampa, it's impossible to watch them and not just think how far ahead of the entire rest of the league they are. Uh, this is not to absolve what? the Flyers. Obviously, like, they have problems. They need to be addressed. A season like the one they just had is unacceptable. But seriously, like, what team can watch Tampa and go, yep, we match up? Like, Montreal has two goals in this series, and they're both fucking stupid. Like, a, a backhand from. Yesterday, and then a deflection off two guys that was going nine feet wide that snuck in. Like, they Tampa doesn't have to play its best game to win. Their star forwards don't have to dominate to win. They have fucking everything. Like, have you seen the usage, usage splits? Like, Gord, Goudreau, and uh, Coleman play more than any other trio. That's like by TOI, their top line. Um, it's kind of incredible what what Tampa has. I understand. I know Kelly's going to bring up the cap situation. But How do you, you, know? you have to bring it up? Like you're, no, you're setting like us that, up for. Like, it. Yeah, this this the loophole team. is open to everybody. No, it is, but you can't construct this team in the regular season. Like, like this team couldn't exist. Like the Flyers which is asinine. Literally, could not be this team. I agree. It's very stupid. It's like the they could if they drafted ever. well. They could they could construct this team if they drafted well. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean. Well, I, I, Bill, are we really going to go through this again? No, like, I'm not. I'm just like, 
Uh, go yes, through yes, what? Yes, like, yes, yes. It's their best players it, are guys they drafted. It's frustrating that the Flyers are in Tampa, but you know who else is in Tampa? Every other Every fucking other. team. That's my point. My <laughs> point is it has nothing to do with the Flyers. Nobody <laughs> has put together what Tampa has. It, it, agreed, but like th- they've been this team for like five years now and they have yeah. the cup every single year i mean so they go to the like final they, they go to the final four every single listen, year i'm not trying to diminish how good they are i'm just saying that they're not like it, you can't look at this team and be like well no one else can do like that's just it like it's just tampa forever like that's not not the case well that's just not what happened. and i do think i do think they're gonna lose a lot of pieces this summer i think yeah, they, they have to they have like to. no I mean, two-thirds of the line i just mentioned that third second yeah. whatever you want to call it line is a ufa and like like they it's it's illegal for them to resign them at that point it will be very difficult for them to keep this like uh little machine going that they are able to circumvent the cap with because you're only like only able to go over 10% they're far more than 10% over mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean what one thing that i was thinking about actually um and i i do want to point this out william you never actually introduced me so <gasps> i thought the you were saying something of it. I commented on someone else's, but you jumped straight from the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, to last but not least, Steph Felicia's D. Steph Driver. That's hilarious. Oh my God. (laughs) From the Athletic. Disrespect. From the Athletic.com, Charlie (laughs) O'Connor. Thank you very much, William. I said Um, no. The the point I was going to make um, off of that comment was that. I was thinking about this a lot in the day or two lead up to the final, that in a lot of ways, this final reminds me of the 2010 Blackhawks Flyers final. Because you have one team that, like, was generally speaking expected to be here and really, really good, and also really, really good in a way that is totally unsustainable because they're going to have to blow them up at some point because they're just like, the cap is not allow you to stockpile this much talent for this long before eventually you just have to get rid of some dudes, which is exactly what the Blackhawks had to do after 2010. And it's probably what the Lightning are going to have to do unless, like, Breezebois can find some way to cheat again. Um, But also... The other team is a team that no one expected to be here. That said, they're a team that was better than they were in the regular season. They changed coaches midseason. They kind of had some turmoil. And then the playoffs hit. They got some good matchups. They beat the, They won some unexpected series, and boom, they're here. I mean, the obvious difference is that Carey Price is a hell of a lot better than Michael Layton. But I see some similarities here. So that means that I guess, like, I don't know, the the, the Habs are going to win game three on an overtime goal from, like, Jesperi Kakaniemi or Nick Suzuki, one of their young guys. Then they're going to win game four. And then in game six, Carey Price is going to give up the worst goal in history. That's what's going to happen. Oh, God. That poor man. I don't like, I don't like that result. <laughs> like, I mean, like, and there is, like, some as- element of, uh, like, the aspect of matchups. Like, the Flyers in 2010, Montreal took care of all the dirty work for them, and then they were just out of gas at the end. Like, Montreal gets, you know, Toronto in the first round, so that's basically a first-round bye. They choke, they choke <laughs> away, you know, everything. Winnipeg has no good players, and one of their, like, few good ones, you know, gets well, suspended after They have a lot one. of good players. They just have no good players on defense. <laughs> uh, they have like three good players, and uh, like one of them got suspended for the whole series. So True. there, there True. goes that. 
and then you run into Vegas, who just can't score anyway, you have an amazing goalie, and they're probably gassed from playing against, you know, the other awesome team in these playoffs, so they had some good, uh, they had some good matchup luck, don't want to take anything away from them, but, like, this thing's over. Uh, They'll probably win a home game, Montreal, but it's... It's so they're so far out of this team's league, and like that's where I think the difference is. The Flyers had a shit start to that 2009-10 season, but they were actually a pretty good team that just didn't have a goalie. And then like one of these guys they pulled off waivers got hot, and so they won some games. I I just don't see any way Montreal gets back into this thing. Carey Price would have to really, really go full Carey Price. In order for them to take this series, and See, so I far, don't know. He I mean, I, I, and yeah, like I'm, I'm I, just, I'm saying, and I, I haven't watched. I don't think I will watch game two because I don't think I recorded it. But like, they you didn't miss much. They control play apparently. Like maybe you can use that as a springboard, and if you win game three, suddenly it's a series. No, that's the sure. thing that was very frustrating about last night's game is that for large stretches, the Habs were the better, the better team, and then they, in like true Flyers fashion, just like would give up kind of a shitty goal and then you could just like see it deflate them um that goal with the 0.3 seconds at the end of the period was just like they were right in that game and then that happened and then it was just like well fuck this is over but they looked like they're not getting dominated by tampa like they're hanging with them playing wise they're just not scoring goals and then giving up too many of them which turns out is very important in hockey well, I mean, they did get the the thing that concerned me about the series was that they did get dominated in game one. Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't, didn't look like they didn't look like they deserved to be on the same ice rink as Tampa. Mm. Like it was it was bad. And that's why after that game I'm like, oh, they better play a lot better in game two, because if they don't, I mean, like this is gonna be a sweep. And they did. They didn't win, but they played better. So at least you go into game three thinking like, okay, we lost and that stinks and it sucks being down two oh, but we can skate with these guys. And now we're going home. You know, we don't have to play there. We're going back home. We'll get the boost of not our full our full arena, but some fans and Montreal fans are batshit, so I'm sure they'll be very loud even if it's only 3,000 of them and you win game three and then suddenly it's a series again so I mean obviously they got to win game three if they don't win game three then it's over because there's no way they're winning four straight against this juggernaut but if they win game three you never know I uh, I just think like this is where Tampa's pedigree comes in like they can even they can play not well in a game they can drop a game and they just have the confidence and ability to overcome it but we'll see they're just really good they're really good no they're they're incredible like that's the like I said it's I didn't. I wasn't trying to invoke the Flyers. I was saying like they're so much better than everybody. I think I even maybe I didn't overrate Colorado and Vegas, but I underrated how good Tampa is because they have everything and the goalie. You know, like those other teams. Yes, have a lot, but then you throw Vasilevsky in there too, and it's just fucking insane like he's incredible the whole team's incredible um so let's talk about that con Smythe award real quick is it going to Vasilevsky I mean it's it'll be hard like One he's been goalies. he's been so good but that said like Kucherov has scored over 30 points yeah Braden he's Point got had these Gretzky that, numbers now Braden Point had that ridiculous goal scoring streak like they have a lot of options that said like doesn't Vasilevsky have like a 940 save percentage in this playoffs it's yeah he's insane. got He's got it's four shutouts. Absurd, yeah. Like he's got four shutouts. He's let up two goals in two games so far, and they were both like, you know, fake goals, basically. Like, what can you do? Sometimes the puck just gets behind you. Uh it, it's I, I think it's Vasilevsky. I like I liked Hedman last year for the con Smythe. 
and it was because I thought Point and Kucherov, their numbers were going to cancel each other out, and that's basically what happened. And I think that's going to happen again, but now Kucherov, like, when, you, when you're up to 30 points in a playoff, and it's like, oh, yeah, no one's done this since Gretzky. Like, ah, well, <laughs> all right I do then. wonder, I, I wonder with Kucherov, and it really just depends because, like, there aren't that many people that vote on the Con Smythe. So it really just depends on, you know, the biases of the, the people voting. But I wonder if some people, enough people, like, all it would take is, like, three or four to yeah. not vote for Kucherov because of the bad taste in their mouth about the fact that he mm. missed the entire season and came back. Like, there's just, yeah. there might be a couple of people who are like, you know, I don't really want to reward him because should he even really be playing in this playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. The answer's no. Uh, by the rules, he's doing nothing wrong. These no, I mean, no, he's, he's not, not doing he's not. anything wrong. It's just, I could see Nor a couple writers, I could see a couple writers being like, I'm not going to reward Tampa by giving it to the guy who allowed them to hit the playoffs like $12 million over the cap. Yeah. Some of these Fuck people the just cap. shouldn't be allowed to vote, to be honest with you. No just get rid of the cap. The Problem cap solved. Indeed. Actually, just let Charlie should be the only <laughs> voting member of the PHWA. <laughs> We're going to get no offense. no offense, driver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie should be the only voting member, and he just gets all of the awards. And like people, you know how like when they have the Oscars, they do like those advertisements about like, hey, I should be nominated for an Oscar in this movie. Like players will have to like send Charlie baskets of fruit to be like, consider me <laughs> or the MVP. There, there's that. There's that scene from the movie Lincoln where he's just like, I am clothed in immense power, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, I will allow you a vote, but only if you promise to vote based on one criteria point, and it's player hotness. Oh, well, of course. That's the only, the only way that thing, I cover hockey. That's the only thing she cares Obviously. about, folks. Um, oh, man. Obviously, I only care about player hotness. That is what has kept me doing this for 10 well, years. It's, it's either yes, you yes. or Steph Kelly. Steph does not know hockey at all. It's, it's either you or not Kelly, and bit. I don't know which. It's, it's one or the other. I, oh, I'm know. constantly being criticized of this, so it's, it's new that Kelly is. Um, but, like... This is something we were talking about before the show, and it's just a little aside. Athletes are hot. All of them. Male. All of them. Female. Uh, have you seen old, baseball young. players, though? Uh. There's some hot baseball players. <laughs> Even the ones that Have are, you I mean, seen baseball players? They got good butts. Baseball butts are good. Just saying. Justin Clue does an annual Steph, here's baseball, and just shows me hot players. Like, this is how First Justin Clue is getting me into baseball. So, I'm just saying. Athletes are hot. Period. That's it. I don't care what sport you play. I don't care what gender you identify as. You're hot. Yep. That's how I mean, she goes. I mean, generally speaking, for you to be a professional athlete, you have to be incredibly in shape. Yes. So there's already that check mark. 90% and then it's of like, the way. Well, exactly. then you just have to have like a good face. And there you go. Not even always. <sighs> Not even always. Not even always. Sometimes Not there's like ugly always. hot. Especially in hockey, there's a lot of ugly hot. <laughs> there's a lot of ugly hot. <laughs> so what you have is charisma and you're in shape. Yeah. And buddy, you're hot. You got a beard. Not even. Don't need it. This I aside wanna... went on longer than I expected it to. It, but... it did. I need charisma. 
And I need well, physically fit. 99. Hot. That takes 99% of the hockey world out immediately. Yeah, because there's no charisma to speak of. <laughs> charisma gets drilled point. out of them at a young age. You um, make an excellent point. So I in wanted- substitute, I take resting bitch face in hockey. <laughs> You know I love a grumpy bitch. I wanted to uh I wanted to talk about the officiating in these playoffs because it's been such a big yes. deal. But I wanted to wrap it into my gushing over Tampa little uh thing I'm doing here. In that, you know, maybe it's not right, but they did have to learn to play a certain way, and they play mean and they do as much stupid playoff shit as anybody because they fucking know they can. As much as we say just call the rule book the same. Since we know that's not going to happen, don't do you kind of just have to build a team a certain way and play a and not even build a team a certain way because that m- means like oh yeah we built it around Pat Maroon and Luke Shen like clearly they didn't that's why they but, won yeah but like do you have to have a little bit of that element do you have to be like no it's different in the playoffs we have to play like we have to hook more we have to cross check more. Like, do you just have to have that in you to win? I mean, I think I think the players. Like, I, I I don't believe that you have to go out and like get yes. five guys that play playoff style hockey, but I do think your players have to be prepared for the adjustments and style of play from the regular season of the playoffs. I mean, we talked about this last year where I was like, and I mean, obviously it didn't play out this way this year. That said, the Flyers didn't make the playoffs. But I was like, I think that Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers will benefit in the long term from getting their taste of playoff hockey as top four defensemen because they will learn like, okay, this is the stuff you have to deal with going back in and retrieving pucks and the stuff that's allowed on the four check and the little hooks and holes and the thing basically like, you know, as a young player, if you haven't dealt with that in the NHL, you're not going to know what it's like until you deal with it. Unless you're like just so good that it just doesn't matter. And they're not that good. So I think like, your players have to be prepared and they have to be willing to adjust their styles a bit to account for the fact that more stuff lets go in the playoffs. But I don't think you necessarily have to like go out and like structure your entire roster for this perceived notion of what playoff hockey is. Your players just have to be willing to make the sacrifices and the changes to their game to adjust. And that's an extremely important thing to do. And I mean, shit, it took Tampa a while to learn how to do that. Like, yeah, I mean, it helped they got guys like Blake Coleman and Barclay Goudreau and whatnot. But, like, guys like Kucherov had to learn. You know, guys like guys like Stamkos had to learn. Like, they had to learn what's different about the style of playoff hockey. And now they know. And now they go out and they do it just as much as everybody else. Like, it's part of learning, you know, learning the ropes of playoff hockey and the experience of it. Yeah, like, as usual, Charlie has stolen my incredibly good point and said it out loud. Um, but, that, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, you don't need... You don't need to get tough guys like, like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's good to have tough guys if they're good no, at hockey. But, no, but what I'm saying is you need your guys that are yeah. good at hockey to be tough. Yes, That's exactly. different. Like, there is nothing that stops Nolan Patrick from laying a big hit or taking a big hit or slashing someone on the hands or whatever. Like, there's nothing that stops him from doing it. He just doesn't do it. Well, somebody's just got to tell him or hypnotize him into thinking that every player on the other team is Mark Friedman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just Mark like, Friedman. like that's, that's the problem. Like, people look at 
Pat Maroon and they're like, oh, they added toughness and that's why they're winning. But Pat Maroon being tough didn't make them win. It's all the guys that are also really good at hockey playing tough that is making them win. Yeah, that's and it's, the difference. Like you can't you can't just be like, well, I'm getting hooked out there. It's like, yeah, you're going to get fucking hooked, Kucherov. Like, yeah. play through it yeah. and maybe exactly. hook them back. Like, yeah. it's 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 kind of just that way. And, like, you know, it's not like Kucherov is, is goddamn Wayne Simmons out there, but he seems to have figured out this playoff thing pretty well. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and, and also he's, and, really, and, he's and really fucking good. Yeah. yeah, and, like, don't don't forget, you know, what was this? Three years ago? Three. Three years ago. Three years ago... Kucherov got so frustrated with how the playoffs were being played that he got himself suspended for a game in a series where they got swept by the eight seed. Like, so it's not like, you know, this necessarily happens overnight. And I mean, Kucherov now the last two playoffs has been godlike, but three playoffs ago, he got so annoyed with all the bullshit that he got himself suspended. So like, it's a process. Was that ultimately good for them i mean like they haven't lost a playoff series since they're about to you know they're about to win their eighth straight playoff series so perhaps but like it seems like that was their learn to win moment and like teams maybe need that a little bit like in the nba they always say young teams don't win you have to learn to win first like do you have to go through that can you just start winning i i can't think of a team that like just all of a sudden was good. The Blackhawks kind of did. They went Vegas. to the like, conference final the once. year before. Yeah. yeah you mean like actually once. winning a Stanley Cup or just being like a winning hockey team? Because Vegas out of the gate was kind of just like, you know, winning all the way to the almost. Yeah, they did get there in one year. That was fucking insane. Yeah. What a bunch of ridiculousness. <laughs> I'm against them now, Charlie. I'm finally with you. <sighs> <laughs> See now I'm kind of like I kind of like Vegas now. I God. love them. Ugh, bunch of little bad. bit of adversity, but I have to say they've they've reached the threshold for me. Like they've been yeah. just good enough for just long enough that mm, the fact uh-oh. that they're not there right, this should get like, real bad again. They were they eliminated Colorado and took away our chance to see Colorado Tampa, yeah. and then they go and lose to Montreal. Like no, I'm Fucking done with rude. you, Vegas. Like That's you were our last chance. You are our last chance to see an awesome Stanley Cup matchup, and you didn't give it to us. Fuck you. It's a fair, fair criticism. Yeah. I, I can't argue with that. I mean, I would think is I wanted the Habs to win, so I was fine with it. But at the same time, I, I get where you're coming from, and I think it's a vile reason to be annoyed with Vegas. Well, once the Avs were out, I was rooting for the Habs as well. But, like, Vegas could have let us have the Avalanche. Yeah. yeah. That's where right. they really— If you're going to beat the Avalanche, nope. then win yourself. Like, that's— uh, it's Yeah, come on. But fuck yeah. it. Yeah. The Habs have been pretty fun, but now I just think they're in a different class. Uh, the NHL Awards, apparently that show was the other night. Um, who knew? Was this, uh, is it, yeah, who, like, you know, we so do So they this. didn't, ha- they don't have award shows during COVID. They just announce them during games. But, but like, they, there was, they also had wrong. a thing. They had a thing, like a whole thing. There was like uh, a thing, right? Like a, a, an award show the other night. I don't How think it was. How many times were we going to say It was thing. very it was a thing. It was, yeah, it wasn't like Right, before. but it wasn't like no, it wasn't an award show. No, like there wasn't, you know, all the guys in ugly suits in Vegas, like sitting in a room together getting awards but there was an award show but for some reason not all of the awards happened that night 
Yeah. Some of them happened during games, which Steph said happened before, but I don't remember it happening before, but apparently. It was last year. Last yeah. year. They, that's well, yeah, it. last year, like, yeah. that's, like, it was all in a bubble and you couldn't do anything. Yeah. I just, was this oddly timed? Did this? I, yeah. It seemed, the whole thing seemed yeah. weird. The whole thing is weird. They just don't the do a very weird. good job telling people about like, these things. Like, all four of us, like, Charlie probably knew, but all of us pay attention to hockey more than normal people. And the day of the award show, I was like, oh, there's an award show? I thought people were kidding. I knew it was happening. I work in hockey, too. It's not just Charlie. No, I wasn't saying that because you said, no, we, said we all do. And Charlie, like, pays attention to things yeah. more than all of us. Like, let's not pretend that he's not the one that pays the most attention to things. <laughs> he's just that hey, guy. It's, it's Flyers off-season. I got a lot of we wrestling had our <laughs> our weekly... NHL reacts questions were to predict who the winners would be. Oh, maybe I should read our website. Maybe. God maybe damn it, Kelly. Maybe read the website. Shit. Pay attention to the emails you get. <laughs> I do get those too. Fuck. All right, I have no excuse. This is a Kelly problem. It is. I was trying to make it an everybody problem, but it's a Kelly problem. You're right. It's a Kelly problem. There we go. I did find it weird. Like, if you were going to do, if you were going to do a show where you announced the major awards okay like you announced like the heart the norris like the big ones why did you announce like four of the other awards earlier like yeah, why didn't was, you just wait yeah. and do like why it's why did so you announce stupid. like the selkie and the masterton like why did you announce them early just announce them all at the same time it's not that hard it's so stupid i hate how they're doing it i would like to go back to the glitter suits in vegas because that's how they Show their appreciation for fashion is in glitter. Am I? Like, can we just do that again, please? Am I making this up, or did at the expansion draft last time did they also do the awards? Yeah, they did. Charlie and I were there. Right. Yeah. There's an expansion draft this year. It was the other way around. So it was the NHL awards show where they did the expansion. Well, wh- whatever draft. you want to yeah. call it, like, why not um, do that again? Like, I mean, that would have been a bold strategy. Away from in-person events, yeah. I think that that's all it is. But like, it's everyone's va- like, it's events are back. Shit's happening. I understand that, but the NHL is still not. I, I think the next year, next year they'll do them in person again. But speaking of the expansion ESPN needs draft, to fix this. I think they're going to do some fixing. Like the Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup finals on a channel that's not going to exist in a year. Like this, it's just like, God damn it. NBC exists and we're sitting here playing on the Outdoor Life Network still. Come on, TNT. Let's get something going here. Um, What what was someone going to say? I don't remember. I have no idea. All right. Who could possibly know? I, Kelly, are you going through your email looking for awards information? No, I was doing another thing. Sorry. Oh, I thought that's what you were doing. Oh, no, I know I got that email. I believe you. I just didn't read it. <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine. I just wanted to say Adam Fox winning the Norris. I'm actually legitimately proud of, uh, of, of the voters because, like, for the first time, it's not a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> like, they actually yeah, just gave yeah. it to a guy who had a great season. But Steph's Steph's fave, Jacob Chikrin, the like the number of votes that he got was like uh very strange. Like the the guys that finished ahead of him was a little bit curious. 
I think because yeah. nobody knows so who he is. I, I was looking Arizona. at that. He was yeah. top 10, which was nice. Yeah. It's because he plays in Arizona he plays and in Arizona. Arizona sucks. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all it comes down to. Because, like, for the listeners on this show, Jacob Chikrin is probably a top five, this last season, top five defenseman in the NHL. And yeah. I, uh, I said this last season. I still wouldn't say that. But I'll, I'll grant, I'll I grant you your Jacob Chikrin love stuff. I just will make the note that I don't agree with that statement. Just say that he's very good. He That's had a very it. good year. He scored a lot of goals. He had a very good year. Just say he's very good. He's very good. This year. Thank you. That's it. That's all <laughs> I needed. Thanks, Chuck. Imagine watching a single Arizona Coyotes game to learn if Jacob Chikrin is good or not. Could not possibly I'll be. Never... Phil Kessel's out there. I know. I will never know. Good for him. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Phil Kessel. I, vo- I voted for... Um... Yeah, I, I voted for McCarr, um, but I had... Um... I had Fox number two. It, it was close. I just thought that, like, it was one of those things where, like, Fox, like, Fox played in more games because yeah. McCarr was hurt for a bit. McCarr I just felt like watch. McCarr, McCarr was better in his games than Fox was in his. Like, if you're talking, if you're talking, like, value at it, if that was what, what I was looking at the award, like, Fox probably added the most value of any defenseman this year because he just played more and that means you're adding more value. But if we're talking about like who I thought was the best defenseman this season, I thought it was McCarr. I just thought he was better. Like he was just a better player, but I don't have a problem with Fox winning. I mean, no, that's your flyer. I thought it was, I thought it was odd. Like the McCarr thing. I thought he either needed to be first or not on your ballot. Like if you were going to mm. ding him, if you were going to ding him for the missed games, that means he's not getting it. Or yeah. or you don't take that into account, so he wins. Like, if it's, oh, yeah, yeah if he played eight more games, he would have won the Norris. Well, then he should win the Norris regardless. But, like, no, Adam Fox, that's cool. I'm fine with it. Like, awesome. You didn't pick Victor Hedman just on name recognition. You actually voted for somebody who had a great season. So that's cool. Like, I thought that was awesome. Uh, any other, like, I thought that was the only real surprise. Like, McDavid, uh, unanimous, second unanimous fucking uh, Hart Trophy winner yeah, ever. Yeah, that was obvious. Vezner, uh, Vezner. I thought there was a chance. I, I thought there was a chance that, that Vasilevsky would be flurry. I thought that was, like, I thought that was... I was expecting Flurry to win just because it's Flurry. Everybody loves Flurry. Yeah. Um, but people really, really, really like Vasilevsky, and he had an objectively awesome year. Like the thing with Vasilevsky that's been weird, and and I've I've talked about this a few times on Twitter. Like he's obviously for years had the reputation of being one of the best goalies in hockey. What's been interesting is that the at least the public metrics, um, public goalie metrics for in terms of advanced stats. They've never really viewed him as like a superstar. They kind of those metrics for years were like he's okay, but he benefits from the fact that Tampa's defense doesn't allow chances. You know, so he 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 has like an eight twenty a nine twenty five save percentage, but like his expected save percentage is like nine twenty three because the defense of Tampa is so good. Well, this was the first year where his like raw save percentage was great. And his his underlying numbers were also great. Like Tampa's defense wasn't as good this year by the numbers, at least by the public metrics. So like, I think he finished with like a nine twenty nine twenty eight. I think his like expected was something like nine ten. So like he really bailed them out a lot, at least by the public stats. So I thought there was a chance that he might get it because you'll have like the stat people might vote for him, like the people who pay attention to it, and then the um you know the the traditionalists, but. I think the Vezins voted on by the GM, so there's a lot of traditionalists, and I guess they like Flurry because he's Flurry. 
Oh yeah, but I thought that, I thought that one could have went either way. Like like Kaprizov was going to get the Calder. That was easy. Yeah. Like there was there was like a two week period where it was like might Robertson get it? He's scoring all the goals, and then Kaprizov had like three straight game winners in overtime. It's like nah, it's him. Uh, I... is there is there a Kaprizov um controversy like there was with Panarin? Is he old? He's not old. He's, he's not, not that old. He's not like 26 old. Yeah, no, he's not yeah. that old. Yeah, I mean, he's older, but he's not that old. I think he's like 23, maybe. 23, maybe. 24, something like that. Yeah, well, he was taken, which draft was he taken in? He was taken in, Um, I want to say he was taken in the Rupsoft draft. Womp womp. So, like, he's not, it's not that long ago. Like, also, the draft he was taken. I feel like the Panarin thing was extra because, like, there wasn't really anybody who you could say should have won it over Kaprizov, but you could have made a case that year that Gossespair deserved it more than or Panarin. McDavid for that matter. Or yeah, right. So yeah, Brandon, Manning I think that was extra. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, okay. So Kaprizov was taken was actually taken in the McDavid draft. So he was taken in the Pro V Konechny draft. So like he's he's Pro Evolve and Konechny's age. He's not like not, not super old, young, old. but not but super that old is, either. That is fucking. That's old for a rookie. Like it is old for a rookie. Yes. I agree with that. <laughs> like yeah, like we're we're like I'm disappointed in two guys. Like oh yeah, they're they're reaching their prime and it ain't that good. And like he's a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Let's take the break here, and we'll come back and do some stuff, and then we'll get into Philly. All right. Uh, commercial break. We'll be back on the other side. All right, fam. We are back, and uh, I just wanted to start off with this um, this little this little note about Duncan Keith. Oh being, wait, uh, can I can oh, I do a ahead. breaking news before yeah. we get to this? Oh, please. It's kind of related. So apparently Nashville is trading Victor Arvidsson to L.A., and I wonder if that means that Nashville will be selling. Which means that maybe we can get one of those dudes that we want. Possibly. One of those very mm. attractive defensemen. Mm. Beards and such. I liked I Arvidsson. Like I, I wouldn't have had a problem with if the Flyers. No, uh, I, I liked Arvidsson too. But I, I, I know that there was kind of like some question about like since Nashville kind of came on at the end. Like, are they going to do the fire sale that everybody just assumed that they were going to do like midway through the season? So maybe they will. And then we can get a good defenseman that isn't Seth Jones. That'd be kind of nice. I, I still no, want yeah, Seth Jones. I, I just want two defensemen. We can't have two that good. Well, I almost we can't have two that. Ex- we can't have two that expensive. Let me put. Yeah, it that sure, way. you can. You just got to trade yeah. some guys. I mean, if you the, the only way I think you can make that work, and I mean, this would be like going total, total, like you know. We're bl- not blowing it up, but like we're making like major changes and we're pulling off these things. Like they, they could do that if. Seattle takes JVR, and then they trade Voracek. Yeah, if they can get a Voracek trade like, done. Like, if they, if they could dump both of them, then you could do that. Yeah, they'll do it. Chuck's got it. He's a great Come GM. On, Chuck. Chuck's got he's, it. He's a great GM. He's real good at his job. Uh, yeah, We're so... We're going to find out. <laughs> I have nothing but optimism in my GM. Go, go for it. Come on, let's do it, Chucky Two Trades. Uh, so, the Blackhawks <laughs> are looking to trade Duncan Keith... Uh, he's got like full trade protections. He wants to go to the Pacific Northwest slash Western Canada. Well, first of all, what a fucking hockey player! Thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll go to uh, Edmonton. I hear it's beautiful. Um, 
but like as luck would have the Pacific it, Northwest. Yeah. That's uh Seattle and Vancouver. Say. Great one as, team in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. It it is very nice up there. It is, yeah, very nice. But as luck would have it, there's an expansion draft going on for a team in the Pacific Northwest just in a couple of weeks. So uh, he's gonna get his wish probably. Is that true? Yeah, and this is how I, I say all this really just to get into um fucking hack man. Like I, 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 I was just sitting there. I was just sitting there preparing the show like late this morning, last night, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just thinking, no, we have to get back into this. Like it's so ridiculous. And like now the expansion draft's actually coming. Like this is a thing. I just want to like. While he was in Philly, let's get into Hackstall in Philly. Forget the fact that even like he was at you know he was at UND forever, and as soon as he left, they won. Let's forget about that real quick. Uh, in Philly, goals for the Flyers finished twenty second, twentieth, thirteenth, and then seventeenth in his abbreviated season. Goals against fifteenth, eighteenth, sixteenth, and then 29th the year he was fired. Uh, penalty kill no better than twentieth. Like. The team it didn't perform well in uh, any area, really. So he goes to Toronto, and during the four years Hackstall was in Philly, Toronto's pe- penalty kill was pretty respectable. They averaged around 12th place, 81.4%. Decent enough. The two years he ran their penalty kill after that, they averaged 25th place, 78%. They finished 24th and 21st. What is he good at? Like, what... He sucks at communicating with young players. He's never won a goddamn thing. He appears to have about as much personality as a jet skiing mannequin. Like, what is he doing in these interviews to sell himself now on two GMs? You guys were telling me how analytically inclined and smart fucking Seattle's going to be. No, they're not. They're going to be a bad team. (laughs) They're going to do a bunch of dumb shit at the expansion draft because they're run poorly. And I know they're run poorly because they selected a bad coach. Yeah, it is pretty wild that they went with him. It's just someone didn't listen to Namita. (laughs) Oh, boy. Someone didn't listen to common fucking sense. Like, I I do think, though, you know, that... We talked about this in the last show. That, you know, the thing about the Flyers and his tenure with the Flyers is that... In his defense, the teams weren't that good. And, I mean, my general view of it was I don't think he was, like, the problem, but he definitely wasn't the solution. Like, the Flyers weren't—he wasn't going to be—he was, like, a replacement-level coach with the Flyers. Like, he wasn't the reason why they stunk, but I don't—didn't expect him to be the kind of guy who was going to drag them up. Really, the the worst thing on his resume is that North Dakota thing. Yes! Because, like, those teams were stacked. It's North Dakota. And and, and the fact that— they finally win the championship the year after he leaves. Like, that's rough. I mean, come on. That's rough. Because before that, you're like, well, yeah, they never won. But, you know, they're always in the Frozen Four. Like, they're always good. But at the same time, like, when you got the players he had, they should be. Yeah. And then he leaves, and they immediately do what they couldn't do under him. Hmm. Like, that's that's rough. Hmm, like, curious. you talked about... Charlie, you talked about added value, like when we were talking about the the Norris Trophy. What value does this man add? I I watched him here for three and a half seasons. Like, he, nothing. No point did he ever instill confidence in anybody. He's not an impressive character. The only people really like him. I I wonder. They they do. They really do. If it's like a. um... (laughs) Not hockey players, apparently. 
So, like, I guess if you go with, like, a Bruce Boudreaux, like, you know that you're bringing in a guy that's going to want to do his thing and his thing only, and you're going to have to bend to what the coach wants to do with the team. Maybe they think, and maybe Hack is the kind of guy where, like, you can work with him and he's not, like, so hard-headed that you can kind of shape the systems and the team in a, a way that you want to more by committee rather than just having one of these, you know, established NHL coaches that don't listen to anybody. They just do whatever they want. Like, I don't, I'm just, like, spitballing. I don't know. Because I can't think of why the hell else you would want to hire Dave Haxtell when so many other people were available. I'm thinking- I heard that I, I heard that they got really close to hiring Tockett. Tockett was like, yeah. I thought that was, yeah, like, going to happen. He, yeah, that he was, like... There were people that really thought that it was going to be talking. Like, hmm. he got really far along in the process, from what I've heard. Interesting. And then Hack, it was, I you know guess, who he coached? killed the last couple of interviews. Jacob Chikrin. It's true, Stephanie. I just, like, I, I can't. Of everyone you could have taken, that guy. Like, I can't imagine. Uh, like, the interview. I, I just, he. Here's the thing. I think I can explain it. Hold on. Uh-oh. They look at a. They look at Montreal firing their coach, getting to the Stanley Cup. They look at uh, St. Louis winning the Cup the year they fire their coach, and go, "This is a guy we're gonna have to fire." And then maybe, <laughs> and then maybe we can get there one day. I'm thinking, like, perhaps. So the the one the one argument the one argument that I could see Namita making in favor of a Dave Hackstall hire. Given her in-depth knowledge of Philadelphia, he sports, left Philadelphia. <laughs> is 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 the, is the corollary of whatever is going to piss off Philadelphia fans the most mm. is destined to happen. So we need to take advantage of that by hiring the guy who every Philadelphia fan thought was terrible because it would infuriate them if he suddenly became good on another team, which means it's definitely going to happen. You can't discount yeah. that. Like, I was all in on Seattle. I'm like, yeah, go Seattle. Awesome. I'll buy a Kraken hat. They are my enemy until he's no longer the head coach, which honestly shouldn't be more than a week or two. But I... Really? That's that's where I'm at, too. Like, I was all in on the Kraken. I was ready to be a fan. Buy a jersey. Like, whoever they select from Philly, I'll buy your jersey. Like, I almost did with Belmar, and then I waited too long. (laughs) And Um, then he was gone. Then he was gone. But, like, now... Now, how can I how can I support a team that already has no direction and no leadership and makes poor decisions? A team, I can't. A team that is I can't. a team that has chosen to personally offend me. A team that decided <laughs> it, it is it is personal. A team now. that has decided it's personal. We choose violence against specifically Bill Matz. I I, I just yeah. I do believe That's it, it was it was directly an attack on Bill Matz. All right. Um, no, other, no other. I have not gone one single day without laughing about Dave Hackstall being I, the head coach of the Seattle Kraken. Not one day. I had moved on from it. And then like a couple days later, one of my buddies texted me. and was just like, can you honestly believe this? And I said, no, I didn't believe it when Charlie said it on my show. <laughs> and I continue not believing it. Like just fucking. I, I'm not surprised he got a job in the league ever again. But like. To make him the first guy in franchise history, I just, like, you know. It's, like, such a high-profile job. You would think 
that they would try and get someone that wasn't just the biggest fuck up. I guess they didn't like. But no. Do you want Do you want ham to be your head cut? Like I guess there's only so ham. Many- the worst pig meat. <laughs> yeah, you don't want ham. You don't want ham. You want like some nice roast pork. You want a rib, perhaps a bacon. You want imported prosciutto. I mean, that's the goal. That's some good. That's the goal. So I got a question on Twitter the other day. <laughs> I got a question on Twitter the other day about would I put Joel Farabee in a trade package for Seth Jones? And now... Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah, I'm higher on <laughs> Seth Jones than everyone else on the show, I'm pretty sure. But, like, not a fucking chance. Um, if that's and the no, ask, I, I you laugh I wouldn't hysterically do yeah. and then you hang up the phone. And Joel Farabee leaves Philadelphia over my dead fucking body, and I am invincible, so, like, challenge accepted, bro. And that's, uh, Drew Meyer wrote an article for the old BroadStreetHockey.com, uh, and he said, good. he said Farabee should be an untouchable. Uh, I don't believe this team has any untouchables, really, like... Should they trade Couture or should they trade Giroux and can they? Like, it would be difficult and I don't think they should. Like, Couturier, I mean, unless you're getting like a young C three year, a one C three years younger, I, I don't see that happening. He's kind of a guy you win a cup with. Carter Hart, I expect him to bounce back. Like, sure, if they're offering Vasilevsky, I'd do it. But, I, like, I guess I want to define untouchable, like, in a, just in a sense of making an incremental improvement, like, okay, yeah, we need a defenseman. Let's get Seth Jones. Yeah, there's going to be some untouchables in that situation. But, like, in a... In Farabee, the, his inclusion in a trade for a star player, like, is he untouchable then? Like, would that be a non-starter? If you could get, like, a legit line one in their prime player, whether it's forward or defense... And it's they want Farabee. Is it like ah, we're gonna have to pass? Like, is it is he that to you? No, I mean, I I I don't think he is. I mean, like, it would be it would be tough because of the other concerns. But like, if you told me that to get Jack Eichel, you got to give up Joel Farabee, I am strongly considering it. And it's tough because, like, you're worried about the injuries, and that's a viable you're concern. You're so right. May- I'm just worried and, about the and, injuries. And, yeah, like, maybe that's enough where I, in the end, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. But I'm I'm certainly not hanging up the phone. Like, I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know, God, I hate to lose Farabee. I love Farabee. I, I love Farabee even before they drafted him. But, like, you know, you got to give to get. And if, if if Buffalo is like, we're not doing this deal unless Farabee's the centerpiece, you're like, well, shit. I mean, maybe this is something that's got to be. I would not give up Joel Farabee for Seth Jones. No. I don't think I don't think no. it's a I don't think it's a crazy ask on the part of Columbus to ask for him. If yeah, that's they where are, I'd start if especially I was considering how well, yeah, it, it's especially considering how highly the industry views Seth Jones. I don't think it's bonkers. I just wouldn't do it. Like, I would not give up Joel Farabee in a Seth Jones package, but it's not crazy for them to request him. No, they, I mean, you should always ask for, yeah, you know, yeah. something crazy because, you know, GMs are stupid and you might end up getting it. But for Seth Jones, like if, if a Seth Jones for Joel, it would be Joel Farabee plus too, which is the other probably. thing to consider. Yeah, probably. yeah. I would not be happy to read that news if it were to happen. Like, but if it was like for Ryan Ellis, 
I don't think I give up Joel. I don't think I. I don't think I do. I I would listen, but I like again. He's leaving Philadelphia over my dead fucking body. So the reason why I wouldn't give up Joel, and I think I like Ryan Ellis better than Seth Jones. The reason why I wouldn't give up Joel Farabee for for Ryan Ellis because I don't think they would have to. Like Ellis, Ellis is older. And he's got a contract that I have a feeling like Nashville isn't super duper pumped about, which I think is dumb, but that's the impression I get. So I don't think they would need to give up fair. Like, I just think that's a, I think that's an overpay based on how Ryan Ellis is viewed around the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I wanted to, cause like, I'm at the point, like I said, there are guys I think they shouldn't trade. And Farabee's real near the top of that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would agree with that. are there any actual untouchables like my emotional attachment to so many of these guys and maybe i'm like overreacting to the bad season but it's it's more just it's been so long and i know a lot of these guys haven't been here through all of it and it's my own perception that is at fault here but clearly this team isn't good enough as currently constituted to win a stanley cup in the pursuit of doing that i am willing to part with guys i was once emotionally attached to is there anybody who's like not on the table for you? No, any trade that would I, make I think the it's team just Carter Hart better. It would. It all depends on the return. Like if if the Flyers won a trade that included Carter Hart, I don't know what the fuck that would look like. Yeah. But if they won a trade that included Carter Hart, I probably wouldn't be upset about it. I would be like, yeah, well, that kind of sucks that we're not going to see Carter Hart, you know, shape up here. But hey, we got Connor McDavid. That's pretty neat. Like I wouldn't care if the Flyers won the trade. There's <laughs> nobody on this team that I would not trade in a trade that the Flyers won, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Kelly, and I think that's an important distinction because there's a, like, there's a difference between a guy actually being untouchable and then a guy who's functionally untouchable. Right. Like, to me, to me, Carter Hart is functionally untouchable this offseason because I think he's really good. But if you're trading him this offseason, you're selling low on him, which doesn't make any sense to me. So it's like, functionally, he's untouchable, because if you were to trade him, you're not going to get anywhere near what I view as his full value, because I view this season as an aberration. So for me, he's functionally, but at the same time, yeah, if Edmonton is like, hey, we're trading Connor McDavid, you got to include Carter Hart, it's like, well, sorry, Carter, like, you're awesome, and I think you're going to bounce back and be a great goalie, but like... It's the best player in the world. But Godspeed in Edmonton. Have, have fun in Edmonton. So, like, but, but, I mean, that's not going to happen. Right. So, like, I view someone like Hart as functionally untouchable, but not technically untouchable. And I think it's an important distinction that Kelly made. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking about anybody else in the team, though, I mean, like, you know, not really. Mm-mm. It's... It's hard for me to envision a deal. Like, there's players where it's hard for me to envision a deal where I think where I think it makes sense. Like, it's hard for me to envision a deal where it would make sense to trade Couturier unless, like, another team is offering up their, you know, younger 1C. Couturier for Eichel, one, one for one. C. I, people have thrown that out to me, and the thing is, is, like, if I'm the Flyers, probably... But it does. It makes no sense for Buffalo. No, it makes no sense for because Buffalo thing, whatsoever. I'm just because bu- hypothetical. Because the thing is, Buffalo Buffalo would trade for him as a one year rental because there's no freaking way that Sean Couturier is re-signing in Buffalo. <laughs> Who would? 
So like you're trading oh, away. He's coming back home. Flash yeah, like you're trading away years. your best. Yeah, exactly. You're trading away your your one C superstar yeah. for a one year rental when you're not going to be good next year. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, for no. The Flyers, was, like sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, it actually probably like I'm concerned about the Eichel neck, but just thinking about the situations. Yeah, we're gonna have to give Sean Couturier like eight some million dollars and. Yeah, Eichel's pretty good. Like I, I'd, I'd think about that real hard. Uh, but like, no. It, in reality, it makes no sense. Uh, and that I wanted to use this also to jump into Charlie's article about uh, Ghost. And if Ghost has finally like reached his level, and we like we know what he is. And if so, what does that say about his future? Because man, I'm still emotionally attached to Shane Goss's bear is. Like, as disappointing as parts of his career have been and as frustrating as he's been to watch, like, I want this dude to work out and I want it to work out here. And I think, like, the hypothesis of has he reached his level, like, this year, I think, is what we can expect from him. Some good (laughs) offense, some, uh, you know, hiccups on defense. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. If you can use him on your third pair, you probably got a pretty good third pair. Uh but it's just not going to happen, right? Like, he just is not going to be a Philadelphia Flyer. I don't know. I'm, I was just having this conversation with um, Jeff from the Philly Sports Table podcast. I, you know, where is he going to go? I think is is the question that I have. I got nowhere tried to else move to him. go. They tried to move him and no one wanted him. They waved him. No one picked him up. Like, where is he going to go? They may be at a loss of, for options at this point. Now, I know that there's ways to make players go away, and they do still pay Dean Lombardi. So, <laughs> like, there, there are ways to make this happen. I, I, I don't think that Shane Goss's bear can be gotten rid of the way they got rid of Mike Richards. I, I don't, think, I don't he has, think so either. I don't think he has the same problems. No, I and I agree with you. I was making a funny. I know. I'm just making it clear. We are not saying that about Shane Goss. No. <laughs> no. Um, so, like, I also have the same emotional attachment. So I don't know if that's my, my feelings coming into play as opposed to logic, where, which is the where is he going to go. But I really don't think that there's another team that will – take him right now and I also think that he's too young for his career to be over so I'm I'm a big shrug right I, now it's okay. really tough because I think they could I mean they certainly could move him if they if they added something to like Shane Goss's bear with like a pick they'd be able to move him because they could have done that they could have done that last offseason they chose not to but they could have done that last offseason when he was coming off a terrible season now he's coming off a pretty good season so they certainly could do it this and he has one you know one fewer year left on his deal so if they really want to even if there's no market for him as a guy with actual value they could move him that's now now will they is another story the reason why i just i it just it feels like it makes sense if they're going to make the moves that it seems like they want to make, they're going to have to clear space. Mm-hmm. And you've got Cam York coming. And Cam York plays the, is going to play the exact same role that Shane Goss very ideally plays in this six-man defense. So, like, if there's a time to do it, it seems like... Like, I almost think that, like, if they don't trade him this summer... 
he's just going to play out the contract because like then it, then it's like you might as well. You mm-hmm. might as well just keep him for the final two years and he'll be like the funniest thing that after like basically six consecutive years of trade rumors, he actually played out the entire contract, which would be <laughs> it goddamn would be hilarious. hilarious. Like that's, I want the cap space. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also not all that interested. Like I want to use the assets the Flyers have to make improvements to the team. I'm not interested in using one of them to pay somebody to take Shane Goss' bear. Like, yeah. it's not like he's it's complete. Struggle. It's not like he's a bum. We're not getting no, rid of not. Andrew McDonald right. or Chris Vandevelde here. Like, he can play hockey in the NHL. Like, at what level? That's a, that is up for debate. We don't know if like he finally found his level this year. But uh, covering some of his salary, maybe. But still, like. If the whole idea is we want cap space, paying him half of his salary like, uh, to go away, uh, maybe if he gets oh, something, oh, 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 I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't retain. Yeah. If, if you're gonna, if you're gonna trade him in that thing, don't retain Sal. You got to get that whole thing off your books. Like to me, if you're gonna do that with Gossespierre, and I could see it happening. Like I could see them like trading him somewhere and attaching like a fourth round pick or something. Like I, that, I could plausibly see that. If you're gonna do that, I think you got to do that. Like, you got to time, and this is just purely from a PR standpoint, you got to time it where that trade gets announced just as you announce getting someone. Uh, yeah, else. I was going to say, like, like you, it like, has like, to be in service of something. Yes. Yeah. Like, you got to do, you got to be like, okay, like, we just traded for Seth Jones, and then 10 minutes later, we announced we traded Shane Gossespierre to Florida to clear the space to fit Seth Jones. Like, that. that's what you have to do. Because what you can't do is you can't just, like, on July 10th, announce you traded Shane Gossespierre for nothing and you actually paid to trade him yeah. and then wait 10 days to do something. Because then people are like, Ghost is pretty good. You just gave him away and now we just have to trust that you're going to do it. You're going to replace him. Like, you guys haven't earned that trust. No, it's like the, uh, you know, much different level players. But when the Phillies traded Cliff Lee and brought in Roy Halladay on the same day, and it was like, oh, it was yeah, a three-team yeah. trade. And then like it was a day later. It was like, no, actually, these were just totally separate moves. Two they separate just, trades. They just yeah. didn't want to pay two guys. It was like, oh, well, all right. Well, we have Roy Halliday, so I guess I'll live. Um, uh, yeah, I, I – man, uh, they're – like Steph said, I don't think there are many good options. Like, I want the cap space, but I also like a Phil Myers-Shane Gosses bear third pair is pretty good. Like, I – you know. I, I like seems, it too, but this is – like, I, I – like Charlie said, like you only do yeah. this if it's in service of something else. Like you don't just trade him to trade him, or you don't just trade him to get the cap space with like no fixed plan for what you're going to do with that space. Like if they trade him, yeah, it's got to be with something else coming, not coming back, but like something else coming right down the pike. I don't think that they would trade him just to get rid of him because, as you said, he had a very good year, and if he's in our third pair. That's probably pretty good defense. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really fussed about it. I can't think about Shane Goss' bear right now. No, and I, I want to, like, you know, at the end of the day, Shane Goss' bear, we've, we've, we've seen this story, like, play out a bunch yeah. of times. But uh, some more higher-profile pro, higher profile players uh, I wanted to get into real quick before we wrap up. Um, what do you think the chances are the season begins – and at least one of the Travi are no longer here. Pretty high. Hmm. I, 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 just, I just think that they're going to make trades. And yeah. Both of those guys and if are I, good pieces. I think Konechny makes a lot of sense to be traded. Yeah. 
It just it just I makes want, sense. I, I'm just saying this right now. Right now on July 1st. If Travis Konechny is traded, I will lose my fucking mind. That's it. Just prepare for that to happen. I, I will say what like, if it's a good trade though? Doesn't matter. Okay, fair. I'm excited for change. I mean, I'll be happy about the trade if it's a good one, but I'm still going to lose my mind. I'm excited. Just, Go ahead. Yeah. Sean. No, it's just it's tough because like it he just seems like if you're going to make a big trade he yep. just seems like the logical centerpiece of that big trade. Because, like, we already talked about how, like, we don't want to trade Farabee. You know, Hart is a, in a weird spot. So, like, you don't want to sell low on him. This is not—if you're going to trade Carter, this is not the time to trade Carter. Unless you They're just not think trading he sucks Carter now. Hart, like, yeah, unless you yeah. just think he sucks now. So, your big piece, like, to me, your two, big, two biggest trade pieces that, like, I think they would be open to move are Konechny and Myers, and I think Konechny has more value than Myers yeah. because, like— Myers' bad year, he was barely an NHL defenseman. Konechny's bad year, he still scored on a 55-point pace. Yeah, and, and, like, he's one year and he's one year removed from almost scoring a point per game. Like, Konechny's a guy that you can say he's the core piece of this deal and no one is going to hang up on you. They're going to be like, yeah, he's a damn good player. Like, we're listening. No, I get it. I'm just going to be big mad about it. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, he's a likable player, like, obviously. I was... Travis Konechny, in every molecule in his body, is a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah. Every single cell. You take that look off your face, Bill Matz, because you know it's true, too. I, 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 I want to give him a pass for this year because of, uh, because, you know, he tested positive and, you know, maybe he had it worse than some other guys and... He started out pretty okay, and then it fell off later on in the season after that happened. But man, like, after the playoffs he had, and I get it, like, sometimes in a small sample size, you're just not that good, but... I, I told I you know. last week what the problem was with Travis Konechny. <laughs> I what was it? You. Oh, I missed that. What Kelly, was it? Kelly Hinkle's theory that Steph Driver will love. You're gonna kill me. Um, that he thinks Nolan Patrick is the cool guy. Oh, so he's right, like right, Nolan right. Patrick's little buddy. And since Nolan Patrick is like all nonchalant and I don't give a shit about hockey things, like Travis Konechny is like, yeah, I don't either. Because I'm cool too. Like that's, that's what's happening. And the this is, is exactly when I turned off the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's like I, I know, I know Travis this is Konechny's exactly real, when real I turned dumb. it off. Like he's real dumb. So like he follows Nolan Patrick around like a little puppy dog because he thinks he's cool. <laughs> and so he acts like him. I was thinking. I don't think that that's true at all. Show me the lie. I was thinking Tell about. I, I don't. It's think not that a that's lie. It's just all. something you made up in your head. It's completely <laughs> fabricated. Travis Konechny is the one with the super hot girlfriend, and Nolan Patrick lives with Kevin Hayes. You fiance. Are they? Fiance I'm sorry, now? fiance. You're totally right. Wanted... They're engaged and expecting a baby. Like He's there is so nothing real, real about Nolan Patrick that's like I want to be like that guy. Like Do you see the woman that Travis Konechny is going home to? How many of them are real smart, Kelly? Like, come on. None of them. They're all dumb. They all have rocks for brains. No, but very, very is... stupid. Every last one of them. Uh, not all of them, but like I'd well, say most of them aren't here to play school. All of them. Um... <laughs> God, what a classic quote. So good. <laughs> what a truly what, classic what I, quote. Because so I play hockey, not school. I wanted to. Uh, I, I just. I wanted to bring up Konechny mostly because I do think 
Like, I, I even think back to Giroux, because this being Canada Day, I'm being a little, uh, I'm reminiscing about young G. Like, this man, who is plenty mature now, and I just love, like, he did have some growing up to do, especially considering the era of Flyers hockey he came up in. Like, <laughs> remember, he did get arrested on Canada Day for slapping a cop's ass. There were, yeah, no what, one will ever forget this. What, is this like the eighth anniversary of that? Like, they, we're, we're talking years ago. This yeah, point. this was forever ago. Like, he remember the beer pong pictures of him in the double wrist casts playing beer pong? That's dedication no right there. No one will oh, ever I, I, I respect that. <laughs> oh, I respect, I'm just saying, like, the man had some growing I mean, up no, to no, do. No one say, no one say that Claude Drew doesn't play through injury. Oh, yeah, no, he's tough son of a bitch. Come on, dedication to the game. If uh, <laughs> there's a beer pong game I, and he's got broken wrists, like, he's still playing. Travis Konechny has some maturing and growing up to do, but I'm seeing like all this, like, oh, he's ready for fatherhood, he's engaged, like, maybe he's the maybe the growing up is happening and like i don't want to give up on him but also like he annoys the shit out of me so much so i'm real like i'm torn on connecting <laughs> i don't want to all right travis so here's Konechny, the thing with travis connecting but he is not do. grown up because he's ready for fatherhood he is dealing with the situation at hand Man, that's growing up he didn't run away is it he didn't fucking now, run to Mexico. I want to make this explicitly clear. I feel most explicitly men are forced clear. into growing up. I don't think any of them do it on their no, own. No, 100%. None of us grow up I do up not know own. Travis Konechny personally, <laughs> and this is all conjecture. I don't actually have any insight to his home life. He's in a... I'll tell I you just what. think it's funny to consider this man-child with an actual he's, child. He's not in a white Ford Bronco making a run for the border. Like... <laughs> Which, what is he, 24? That's probably what I would have done in that situation. Now, I'm not a rich, I'm not a rich person, so, you know, I guess that's a little different. At 24, that's exactly what I would have done in that situation, too, so. <laughs> but, like, I, I'm a little, like, I'm a little torn on Konechny. Like, part of me thinks you need to do it, and part of me thinks, like, no, he's growing up. It's going to happen. He's going to be that guy. But the team Look, I, has I would to get better. Keep like I would like I to know, keep yes. him too. But the thing is, if yeah. we're go- like, I know that every Flyers fan would like to simply trade all of our bad players for other teams' good players, but unfortunately, that rarely works. So we're gonna have to give up good players, good prospects, in order. I to just improve don't the want it team. to be Konechny. That's fair. I don't. I would like it if it wasn't. I just, but it might be. Like I also don't want it to be Farabee. Yeah. So like. I'm I'm I know I'm aware that I'm painting myself into a corner here, but like maybe take uh Morgan Frost. I hear people want him. Jesus. Yeah, I just like I just I have a feeling. Existed. Yeah, he's still I around. I, I just have a feeling that like at least one of who knows? Maybe the Flyers just won't do anything. I just have a feeling that at least one of the Please trades— Please don't put that on At us. least one of the trades they make this month is going to be—it's going to hurt. Like, it's going to be one of those deals where, like, they give up a lot, and they give up probably more than we want them to, but, like, they get a guy. And and a lot of fans are going to be like, shit, that's, like, that's a big price. Just don't make it but you're just fam. But you're just hoping that it works out. I mean, they got to they gotta do stuff, man. Like, they got to do stuff. And I think they know that. But it might cost a lot to do stuff. Well, because we were like, talking. Like, I, 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 would, I would love nothing more than if they could, like, structure a package for a legitimately good player around, like, Morgan Frost and, and you know, 
Yeah, like I mean, well, you have like <laughs> like, like, like 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 we do like we do like a first round pick in Morgan Fox. Yeah. Like that would be great, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, like no, I completely agree with you. I just you know. I have an emotional investment in all of these bros that we've watched yeah. grow up from like 16 years old. Um, I, I was going to say something. I was going to switch tracks just like a little right. bit um, to the draft kind of. I don't. Do you think that draft picks this year are going to have as much value as they had in years past considering that a lot of these guys weren't able to play full seasons, and if they were, scouts weren't necessarily able to watch them. Okay, so I've actually—that's a really good question, and it's a question I that I—it's it's a question that I've actually asked multiple people, like in the game, because I wonder that as well, especially leading up to the trade deadline. Um, I wondered yeah. if like first round picks just weren't going to be as valuable this year because of everything you just said. And I asked a couple people, you know, in the game that work for teams and basically they were like, look, technically we probably should view them as less valuable. Functionally, no one is going to because every team is going to think that their scouting department is the scouting department that's going to be that's like that's better than the other ones like we're the ones that like we have the inside information on these players so like yeah everyone else isn't scouting as well as they used to but we're scouting great so like like and, and it's just you believe that you're better than you are it's a natural thing like really yes every team should look at it as these first round picks aren't as valuable because we just don't have as much information there's more uncertainty we just don't know as much about these guys but no one is going to think that. Everybody's going to think we were the scout. We're good enough. We're good enough that it's not going to matter to us. Plus, there's an element with first round picks, especially if you're a team that's not in contention. There's the element of a first round pick is easy to sell to your fan base. Yeah. As like, you know, yeah, we're not good, but we got a first round pick. So future. Yeah. And that's how if you're a GM, that's how you keep your job. Because you're like, yeah, we had to trade away Seth Jones, but we got a first round pick. Oh, it's so always we had to trade away. So, so you're you're selling something, and the first round pick pick still holds cachet in terms of like selling hope to a fan base, and that doesn't go away just because probably first round picks are going to be less valuable this year because there's more uncertainty because of the weirdness of the COVID season. It's always a great pyramid scheme to sell your fans and also your boss. Like, no, look, I have the future. Yes. yes. So we have to build, like, yep. I have a five-year plan, so I have to follow, look at all these yep. futures I got. It's all part of the master plan. So, like, yeah, uh, and in terms of, you were just talking, like, selling to a fan base. Like, not only do the Flyers have to do things because... Shit, the on-ice product needs to improve. They need to get people fucking excited again. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. This season was a... After finally taking a step forward, this was a major step back for, for fan interest, for people getting back into it, and... Goddamn, like, they're gonna have to do something to get people to want to go buy a fucking jersey and a couple of tickets. Like, it's, it's gonna have to be a new player's jersey that someone's buying. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm totally fine with the Flyers selling assets for futures. Like, give me a first-round pick in next year's draft because that'll be different. But I just feel like oh, this year, no. get, get rid of that first-round pick. Get rid of 
all of them. I don't, oh yeah, I, I would I would trade the first round pick easily. I don't I want any picks. All of them. Don't don't give me picks. Don't talk to me about picks. I would be fine with the Flyers not making a single fucking pick for three years. I was if just going to say. Team of actually, hey, good I mean, NHL I would I would be players. cool with that. Like, I, enough I, already with the future. I would be totally cool with them making zero picks. Yeah, like, no picks. I was that I can take off that day. <laughs> That's going to make for a very boring draft party, guys. I was, I was just we'll weighing. Still get- drunk and watch tv it's fine i was just weighing like how long and you said three years i was thinking i am okay with not making a single pick i was like three to five am i would i go five three i think is that's fine i think three is plenty they nah you can't i mean you you can't do that you can't (laughs) do three no because then you turn into the rangers before they bought everyone NHL roster that could actually plausibly win a Stanley Cup and in order to put that team together we trade every pick for the next three years I'm fine with it. Did the Flyers make a draft pick from like 1994 to 2000? They have to do it, yeah. I don't care. No. No. What did they trade? Three firsts No, because the Stanley Cup is still a lottery and if they don't win, then they're not going to win for the next two decades. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they have to they have to put, more, put together, huh? you know, an an average. Look at how long Vegas it took for Tampa, Tampa to win their first. Like it has to look at how long it took for Tampa to win their first cup with this group of guys. Like that's just too big of a gamble. It's Can't a gamble. Do it. However, if they like. Can't do it. Nope. Like we've said on this show several times, either Charlie or Bill, I forget who. If you're one of the top five teams in the league, you're probably going to make it there. Every single How'd that time. work out for the Avalanche? I mean, they they made it pretty far. Like, but they didn't win a cup. No, but and no, if they didn't have draft picks for the next comes, three years, the randomness comes in. But the Avalanche, as constructed, if we if you flipped the rosters and you said Kelly, in order for us to flip these rosters, every single player for every single player, you can't have the Flyers make a pick for three years. I would say okay. Bring me the entire avalanche. Yeah, team. I would. Ab- I would laugh that. about that. Possibly. Yes, please let us do th- in this fake world that I just constructed. Give me all of the avalanche players. I do not need to see a single draft pick for three years. But like, so you're not you going to get the entire avalanche either. roster. I know, it's a fake. It's you're... a fake situation. I'm just saying that, like, if we it's, can, it's a... if we constructed a team that was at that level, an actual Stanley that, Cup contender. Yes, yes, in order to construct that team, I don't know how they would do it. I don't know if it's possible that I'd do it. This is just a hypothetical. It's not possible. It's a hypothetical. Because the only picks that actually have value are first and second round picks. Everything else is just throw it. I know, it. but I'm just, I'm just, it's a hypothetical thought exercise. I'm <laughs> Getting saying, back to Steph's question. It's, it's a hypothetical thought that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, whatever, Charlie. Getting back to Steph's <laughs> question, though, about the value of picks, I did, uh, I have heard a couple of things. I read a couple of things where, some GMs thought, like, the first-round picks maybe like, obviously, first-round picks are first-round picks. But, like, in terms of actual value, because the draft is more of a crapshoot, like, the first, a little less value, maybe second, thirds, and fourths, a little bit more value because, like, just more is going to slip through the cracks than in normal years. That's an interesting point. Could be. All right, we got anything else? There was a hint towards a draft party. Do we want to say we're actually uh, doing that or? Uh, not yet, but we're working on it. So clear your calendars for it. July twenty third. We should probably. That's know me this. not knowing what date the actual draft is. Uh, it is in fact July twenty third. So that's you. the Friday. Uh, just kind of keep it open. 
and we'll release details when we have them. It's something that I'm working on. I can't imagine that it won't happen, but we are still living in the time of COVID. So I'm working on it. Put a pin in it and I'll let you know when I have something more concrete. All right, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, what the fuck are you doing? Hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Boom. Content all the time. I don't know how often I have to tell you goddamn people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I really wanted to threaten them this week. Just really, like, up the urgency here. It's the off-season. Shit's With about the to five start. stars yeah. and the compliments... Please. Shit's about to start happening. It's going to be a busy July for the Flyers. We're going to be here to talking about all to talk about all of it. I know English mostly. Uh, so yeah, do all that. Subscribe. Read BroadStreetHockey.com. Subscribe to The Athletic as well. Get some of Charlie's uh, thoughts and nonsense. Charlie doesn't do nonsense. I do the nonsense. All right, that's it. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. For Steph, for Kelly, for Chuck, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!